I'm tired of people crying without actual tears. Uh, here's a question. I'm not supposed to feel sympathy for this woman, am I? No. Okay, good. No. <laughs> good, I did it. I did it right. <laughs> nope. Hi, girl. Hey, girl. Oh, wait, what I meant to say is, hey, Jillian Pensavale. Hey, Patrick Hines. I feel like we're out of tune and we're just going to stay out of tune until we're back in person. I'm with you. I'm just going to go with it. I've learned to just say, fuck it. I'm just, you know, we're singing it. We're doing our best. Totally. You know, I'm just happy to see you. I don't have time to worry about if we're in sync or in tune. I know. You know, we'll get there. You guys, before we get to the show, just a reminder, if you're looking for more fun laughs, good times, some more hang sessions with GP and me, yeah. join us on the Patreon, uh, where you get over 150 full bonus episodes to download and binge right the second, girl. Is that going to be the name of your book about this experience, GP and me? <laughs> what it was like recording True Crime Obsessed with that angry woman? <laughs> <laughs> um, we're almost done with the vow, girl. It feels like it's never going to end, but we're almost done with it. No, it's never ending. We got seduced to do also the one on stars. We got a whole second jo- season. We are in the cult now. That's what it was all about. Yeah, we did uh, Tiger King, which was also never ending. Yep. Don't F with cats. I'll be gone in the dark. I've been really thinking about the Menendez brothers lately. We did the whole Menendez brothers series. We did Lacey Peterson, OJ. Yeah. The Staircase serial season one, making a murderer. The Jinx. Did we say the Jinx yet? The Jinx. People love the Jinx. People revisit the Jinx. Yeah, the Jinx is crazy. The Jinx is... We gotta get Jarecki on here one of these days. I have a lot of questions. Cargo shorts and all. I'll take Jarecki however he'll let me have them. Jarecki, talk to me about the burps. What was it like for the guilt burps in person? The murder burps. Um, You guys, there's also ad-free versions of these episodes. There are Corona check-ins. There are after parties. There are ringtones. There are hang sessions on Zoom. It's like it's a one-stop shop for all the GP and me you can handle. <laughs> yeah. And then some. Right. And then some. Travel down the road back again. Girl, Liquid IV is back. When I opened the ad copy, I went, oh, Liquid IV. You were very excited. <laughs> Liquid IV is your girlfriend. You guys, Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier. So it's literally this packet of little, like, vitamin goodness. You dump it into your water bottle. It doubly hydrates you. They have this hydration multiplier plus immune support. I know it's a mouthful, figuratively and literally, but it's totally <laughs> worth it. Because, you know, like those, like, really sugary sports drinks that has all these ingredients you can't pronounce? Liquid IV? No, no, no. She's not about that. She's not about that life. I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. I used to always use this for hangovers. Right. Girl, since we moved to our new apartment, I've started exercising again, and now I use it more for my post-exercise thing than for my hangover thing. Yet another thing you have in common with Super Hot Husband Mike. The same thing. I got to tell you guys, I do think that Liquid IV, of all of our sponsors, is the one that our listeners have bought the most. Every day I get in the Facebook group, somebody else is screaming about it. I have to say, I also just thrown it out there. I like using it in my seltzer. Let me say one more thing about the science, just because I feel like it. Okay. The little packet blend, you guys, is powered by cellular transport technology, which is designed to enhance rapid absorption of water and other nutrients. I don't know if it's just the Liquid IV talking, but you are a genius. Thank you, girl. You guys, Liquid IV's new hydration multiplier plus immune support is available at Walmart or order online and get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code TCO at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code TCO at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code TCO. I promise you I'm still using it for hangovers too, girl. (laughs) Well, obviously. (laughs) 
All right, girl, what are we talking about today? We are talking about Oxygen's Denimora prison break. And our host is Troy Roberts. Oh, my God. Do we know this person? No, but I got the sense I was supposed to know <laughs> Troy Roberts. But I, we went on a journey together, so we're kind of, we've bonded, I think. Is it Troy or Tony Roberts? Oh, no. Wait, did I write it down wrong? Should I Google? A live Goog? A real-time Goog? Troy Roberts... No, Troy Roberts, here he is. It's Troy Roberts, okay then. Yeah, he does 48 Hours Mystery. Oh. He's got an Emmy. What? <laughs> Good on you, Troy. <laughs> yeah, great job. I'm so proud of you. Troy is like takes this all very seriously. He doesn't seem like he's gonna be any fun at all, if I'm being honest. <laughs> no, he's not at all. She thought you guys were gonna run off into the sunset, all the three of you guys, or? You gotta figure something out if you wanna get out, you know? Matt and Sweat need a key person to help them with the escape. When they look at Joyce Mitchell, their sixth sense starts to tingle. Two deceptive criminals. She is literally side by side working with the inmates. Maybe she's getting attention that she didn't get in her own marriage. They make her feel like a princess. She likes it. One desperate woman. I didn't feel like my husband loved me anymore. She's got Mark written all over her. Brought together by temptation. She is in hook, line, and sinker. They wanted hacksaw blades. This is the true story behind the madness of their wild prison break. There are 1,300 men searching the woods. They could kill her. They could kill anyone. So this woman, Joyce Mitchell, helped these two killers escape yes. the sleepy little prison town, as Troy tells us. Who really is the woman at the center of the controversy? And how did they convince her? to risk her family, her job, maybe even her life, to help them. To answer these questions, we begin right here in this sleepy little prison town of Dinamora, New York. A sleepy little prison town? Is that a thing? Girl, what makes anybody buy a house in a town with a prison in it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Why would anybody live there? Call us, write us, I don't know, DM us, let <laughs> us know. But we learn that this prison is pretty serious. It's maximum security. It has yeah. about 3,000 inmates. It's definitely in the middle of nowhere, except for that cute little town. Right, totally. Great coffee shop down on Cook Street. You know, right across from the wall to the prison. Uh-huh. <laughs> right next to that probably like killer antique store with some great finds. Totally. I'm actually turning into my mother if anyone's keeping track at home. <laughs> but someone says like, it was an island in the middle of the wilderness. Oh. Yeah, because it seems like what they're trying to tell us is that they intentionally built this prison in the middle of nowhere and they're like surrounded by rugged dense wilderness steep cliffs and boggy valleys escape from the prison was presumed to be impossible what's so hard about a boggy valley like i can understand not wanting to like escape on the side that has the cliffs and like the rough terrain but just go out the back you guys it's just a boggy valley out there girl i don't know exactly what a boggy valley is but it right. sounds like super my speed dark gray rainy my point is just if you can kill a guy sure you could probably survive the boggy valley as you escape the prison you know what i mean especially because we just learn about this is a home for like real 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 <laughs> bad criminals the murderers yes. the rapists the abusers and we meet one hello eric jensen former inmate <laughs> Why are you here? When you first entered Clinton, the intake officer, he told me that, uh, welcome to Clinton. If you put your hands on my officers or disrespect my officers, we'll kill you. If you want to kill each other, go to the North Yard. Every 
Everything that comes out of this guy's mouth is garbage. I don't know why they sat him down to be in this thing. I don't know why he was in prison to begin with and why he's what? out. If he's here to tell us that this prison, the worst of the worst, and I'm one of them. Like, what? <laughs> That's... <laughs> Why are you here? That is exactly what I said. And I was also like, look, I know that on True Crime Obsessed, we love a documentary full of unreliable narrators. Sure. But isn't that exactly what you are? Like, tell me that you were exonerated for being falsely convicted or whatever, sure. Eric, sure. and I'll hear you out. But what are you doing here? Or, the, or he was in the section where it was like mail fraud or something. Right? <laughs> right? You can get 20 years for that, I feel like we learned in an episode. Yeah, there was someone where it was like, you went into a mailbox? <laughs> this is the you- S Postal Service. I don't I know. know. Someone was real mad about it. Anyway, so Eric Jensen's here to say, like, if you disrespected the other officers, they would kill you themselves. I cannot imagine anything more fucking terrible than getting thrown into prison. I would not last long, I don't think. Um, I, I think you'd be able to scream your way out. Like, someone would be like, if he'll just stop... <laughs> Can we give him probation or something? Will that stop the yelling? And they'll say, okay. So we learned that there are eight tailor shops in the prison. They're sweatshops, basically. So that's the job everyone wanted because it was kind of the safest place to be. Everybody felt more relaxed in there, like you were actually going to a job instead of working inside of one of the most dangerous prisons in New York State. So one of the tailor shops is where Joyce Mitchell worked, and she was a seamstress. Actually, excuse me, girl. They describe her as a middle-aged wife and mother and prison seamstress. And prison seamstress. There's a lot of shade thrown at Joyce. She deserves every bit of it. But there's a lot of like, you know, how could this like frumpy middle-aged housewife like work side by side with some of the most hardened criminals New York has to offer? And I'm like, well. But I do think that's a good question. Like, oh my God. Well, they, here's the thing. Joyce is here in a prison jumpsuit. So this story does not end well for Joyce. <laughs> they do have her dressed like the Hamburglar. It's true. She's in the stripes, like full stop. She's in the stripes. I'm really waiting for you to describe her in my favorite way that you describe some people. Oh, that she's a real piece of work? <laughs> She is. Yeah. You know, she's just, she's got a lot. Again, Joyce, you gotta think. What are you doing, Joyce? I don't, we're just getting started. Joyce, you know, Joyce grew up upstate. She married her high school sweetheart named yep. Toby. They yep. got married super young. They had a baby also named Toby, who we meet later. He's not a baby anymore. He's a human. Human Babies are humans. You know what I'm saying? I honestly just had the thought of like, oh my God, she named the kid she had with her second husband after her first husband. But no, I think that kid is from the first marriage. Yes, because she cheats. She's a serial cheater, yeah, this totally. Joyce. <laughs> Casey Jordan is this criminologist and she's with us throughout. She hates Joyce. <laughs> She, like, actively doesn't like Joyce because the shade of it all. Because she's like, for Joyce Mitchell, she doesn't even have to be unhappy in her marriage. And Lyle certainly loved her. But the key is that her life is so monotonous and routine. And this can really make somebody hypersensitive to attention, to anything out of the ordinary that might spice up their life. Her life was just God, it was a nightmare. It was mundane. It was stupid. It was boring. She had nothing going for her. I 
I mean, the thing about this woman, Joyce, is that, like, honestly, she, like, grew up, got married, had a baby, lived in upstate New York. She worked in a slipper factory. And then when she, like, couldn't find a job, she went and got a job at the prison. Like, look, for some people, that's a great life. I mean, we find out she's making, like, in the $50,000 a year range. Like, she's making money. But, like, for Joyce, that wasn't a fulfilling life. And rather than going out and joining a book club or, you know, the things that you do to, like, fulfill your life, she decides to, like, really get involved with the criminals she works with. Right. Well, because I don't have any issue with her life. Joyce has the issue with her life. Same, same. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, because Joyce also is a serial cheater. So, she starts cheating on her husband, Toby, with this guy, Lyle Mitchell. Toby's like, uh, I'm out. Like, yeah. how dare you? Yeah. So Joyce leaves Toby for Lyle. She marries Lyle, and Lyle is her current husband to this day. Right. And Lyle is here to tell us how amazing and selfless she is. I seen her in a store one time. A kid come up, and he was crying. So what's wrong with you? You, make, you lose your mommy? I want this toy. I don't have enough money for it. And she took the money out of her pocket and gave it to the kid. The lady has a heart of gold. And I'm like, Lyle, I don't believe you. And so we meet prison guard Jeffrey, and he's saying that, like, he's describing life in these, like, sewing shops, right? And he's saying that, like, her job was to work with the inmates. You have to interact with them. Like, you're working side by side with them. So Joyce was also very hands-on and touchy-feely and always in everyone's personal space. My question is, why is there not also someone trained in some kind of psychology also running this if you're having such close contact with these inmates? The bar for getting hired at this place is not high enough. I don't understand. Like, these are murderers. Mm -hmm. And you would just think that there would be somebody in charge who would be making sure that the Joyce's of the world aren't having their way with the inmates. Right. There's no supervision. Like, is Joyce the highest ranking person? (laughs) Like, no one is... She doesn't have to answer to anybody, seemingly. It's very strange. So, one of the first employees that she, like, encounters when she's on the job is a guy named David Sweat. Total fucking human garbage. Oh, my God. We learned that like they took an immediate liking to each other and that David is a cop killer. And we get the backstory. We find out that on July 4th, 2002, which is 13 years before the prison break, he and two accomplices, they rob a fireworks and firearms store in Pennsylvania. Because God knows you can't have one without the other. Let's sell fireworks and guns together. (laughs) I know. I know. You guys, it's a big wide world full of people I don't understand. Same. I really don't get, I actually don't understand why you would need either. Do you know what I mean? Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Look, who are you talking to, girl? (laughs) On this, we agree. So they make off with the loot and they're like in a park down the road and a cop by the name of Deputy Kevin Tarcia like sees these hooligans like literally counting their cash on a picnic table. And like and the fireworks and the guns. Like you could tell these guys are just like, hey, pow, pow, pow. Like it's very suspicious. He pulls into the park to check it out. And uh, as he, he exits his patrol car and as he walks around the front of the patrol car, he begins to take gunfire from David Sweat. David Sweat shoots him injures him and this is really really horrible runs Kevin over and then drags him with the car and then they shoot him and then they kill him this is absolutely vile disgusting fucked up behavior we never find out what happens to the accomplices by the way yeah we only find out that like David gets like life without the possibility of parole and gets thrown away in the Clinton Correctional Facility and then like a minute later he's working in the sewing room with Joyce and Joyce and David were so close and so obvious about their closeness that everyone was sort of joking about how 
called they were boyfriend girlfriend. I know. So we're going to refer to this guy David Sweat as Sweat because that's how they basically refer to him in the documentary. But like right. Joyce tells us they were given so much liberty that these two, one of them a cop killer, a murderer, they would just like wander off to like quote look for new parts to the machines. Sometimes they would go off to get spare parts and they'd come back without any spare parts. We all thought that they were, you know, having sex back there. Like for her own safety, how is this allowed? And here's the thing, how was it not stopped? Because this was such a big thing and such like it, not even an open secret because everyone knew about it, that the prison launched a formal investigation into their relationship. Yeah. Sweat and Joyce deny, deny, deny. And also was the only investigation asking a murderer and a known cheater to tell the truth? <laughs> what was the investigation? <laughs> oh, well you guys, the murderer said no. <laughs> so all clear. What? Travel down the road back again. Girl, HelloFresh is back. I gotta tell you, not a lie, you guys. HelloFresh has really changed our lives yet again. We never worry about what's for dinner. We get HelloFresh every week. Oh, by the way, it's America's number one meal kit. We come home from a long day at work. We don't have to stress. Dinner takes 30 minutes to make. It's always something delicious. Most of the time, it takes one pot. And it's not wasteful. It's sustainable. So you're not going to the grocery store and overbuying stuff because you need a whole bushel of whatever. HelloFresh right. sends you exactly <laughs> what you need. I'm obsessed with HelloFresh. I make it all the time. I use it to decompress press after recording TCO. True story, you FaceTime me to tell me something after a recording. Yes. What was I doing, girl? You were cooking the hello fresh. I pointed the FaceTime. I was like, see, not just in the ads. This is the truth. I love it because it doesn't take forever. I love cooking. I it's such a fun meditative thing for me, but it doesn't take an hour and a half. This is not even in the copy. I cannot tell you if you're not a cook like me and you're always stressing about what's for dinner, this is the easiest way to do it. You can also get add-ons. Like, so Steve wants stuff for lunch too. He was adding on like grilled chicken and lettuce and like making a salad. Oh yeah. It's the biggest time saver. We are obsessed. Yeah, it saves time. It saves money. It saves the earth. What can't you love about it? Get in on the HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash TCO90 and use code TCO90 to get 90 bucks off, including free shipping. Right. That's HelloFresh.com slash TCO90 and use code TCO90 to get, you guessed it, $90 off, including free shipping. Never have to plan anything ever again. Just have HelloFresh in the fridge. And it's delicious. Oh, I know. It's so know. good. It makes me feel so fancy. I think I heard a vocal fold. <laughs> the risotto will coat it. Don't worry about it. The risotto will coat it. At this point, they start explaining that, like, this guy's sweat is not that into her. He just knows he can manipulate her. And she's the kind of person who, like, doesn't have a very happy life. She is sad, looking for validation wherever she can get it. He knows the more he validates her, the more he's going to be able to manipulate her and get her to do things. So that's where the story starts to diverge. Right. And now, at the same time, this guy, Richard Matt, enters the picture. Yeah. So they, in the documentary, call him Matt, like, by his last name. So it's not his first name. It sounds a little weird when she's like, oh, Mr. Matt, but his name is... Richard Matt we're calling him Matt yeah totally he also gets a job in the tailor shop and we meet suddenly Lucy his <laughs> ex-wife I'm with her until the very end until she turns into garbage it's a garbage party on this week's episode I mean welcome to True Crime Obsessed because Lucy's like oh yeah you know he totally lied to her he like tried to charm Lucy yeah. and then says you know I have this criminal past but that's all behind me so let's get married and Lucy says you know we do get married but yeah. four years in she realizes this criminal it's not in the past at all she also I take issue with her describing him as very attractive I was like girl you and I have different taste in the boys yes <laughs> and she also says I would describe Richard Matt as a caring loving kind hearted 
violent, <laughs> vicious, ruthless person, ex-husband, father to my daughter. He's a nice, kind, sweet, loving, violent, vicious, oh ruthless person. <laughs> Lucy? We learn why he's in prison, and it's pretty mobby. This guy, <laughs> this guy, Michael, who wrote a book about this whole thing, he goes, I don't think anybody in Tonawanda, where he grew up, had any idea of just how bad he was until body parts started washing up on the shore of Niagara River. You guys! You guys. So it's December 4th, 1997, and Richard Matt pays a visit to the man who just fired him. And so apparently this guy, this boss, used to joke about how he had thousands and thousands of dollars buried in his basement. I don't know. I'm not a comedian. I don't know what that joke is. That actually sounds like something a Pensavali would do, but if you don't want to talk about it, we can skip right over it. Wow. <laughs> Called out. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying that for me, it sounded like it would have rang a little truer to you than apparently it did. <laughs> I'm so I'm surprised you use that as the quote and not the fact that Richard Matt shows up to this 76 year old guy's house and says, it's your money or your life. It's either your money or your life. I know. <laughs> You're not throwing that quote on me, which I do appreciate. But this guy is 76 years old. And the guy who's telling us this story is like when he's made that joke about having thousands of dollars buried in his basement. Everybody knew it was a joke, except for this idiot Matt who has no sense of humor. Right. So what does he do when they go down to the basement and there's no actual money? He throws this 76-year-old man in the trunk of his car. And they went on a 30-hour drive to Pennsylvania and Ohio with Mr. Rickerson still alive in the trunk. They drive for 30 hours yeah. with the guy in the trunk. Like, no explanation. We never get any explanation. The guy's 76 years old. He survives that, by the way. This guy, Matt, breaks his fingers for no fucking reason. And then, like, when he's had it with the guy finally Patrick screaming his face off. Yeah. I'm not even going to tell you how they killed this guy because it was so disturbing. People describe these grisly murders as if they're reading a children's story. What is wrong with people? Like, it's nothing. I know. Like, it's nothing. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is going to keep me up at night but no you sleep sweetheart <laughs> you guys we're all in the same business and you have to remember to be always be horrified because when you forget yes. to be horrified you have to quit right that is absolutely the minute you have a good night's sleep get out of the business get out of the business. i know but they kill this guy and i guess he like dismembers him and throws him in the niagara river and then like bada bing bada boom his body parts are washing up on the shore right so richard matt is sentenced to 25 to life also these are the people that joyce is bonding with right. okay these I are the know. people that joyce is like well, yes. If you just got to know them, they I were really know. nice. Joyce, first of all, they don't really like you, no. girl. They're using you. But this is what I'm saying when, like, there should be some sort of, like, mental health screening before the Joyces of the world are allowed to work in a prison full of manipulators. Because Absolutely. if you're this susceptible to people taking advantage of you and there's nothing really in place to, like, oversee that that isn't actually happening, Joyce should never have been there. Yeah, the Joyces of the world should just stay home. Yeah, jo <laughs> When quarantine is over yeah. and the pandemic is done, all the Joyces, can you still stay home? Don't tell the Joyces that it's all over and we're allowed to go out and do things. Yeah. The Joyces yeah. are going to no. stay home. They're going to keep doing the telemarketing. Whatever they can do to work totally. from home, stay home. So we also learn that the original guy, David Sweat, the one that killed the cop, and this guy, Richard Matt, their cells are put like adjacent to each other and they become best girlfriends. When Richard Matt and David Sweat meet in Danamora, uh, it must have been like love at first sight. They looked at each other and they knew. We are two halves of a whole. Despite their differences in age and personality, David Sweat and Richard Matt become close. 
based in part on a shared interest and of all things, painting. They're both, air quotes, painters. So again, we're going to call them Sweat and Matt because that's their last names and that's how they refer to them in the documentary. So that's how I wrote them down in my notes. God damn it. Yes. Matt. Okay, I didn't do it. I, I agree. <laughs> I, I really did take that out on you. I didn't mean to. <laughs> this guy, Matt, he is actually a decent painter. We see like a painting of George Clooney that he did. It was really good, girl. And also James Gandolfini because come on. But even the narrator is like. Of the fictional mob boss, Tony Sobrano. That's James Gandolfini playing a fictional character. And so finally someone in the prison gets wise that like this whole thing between Sweat and Joyce is a little much. Okay. So like it gets so intense. They have to remove David Sweat from the tailor shop. So they no longer have direct contact with each other. Sweat and Joyce. So David Sweat is out. Who swoops right in but Richard Matt. And so he replaces David in the shop as Joyce's BFF. So now we hear from Joyce. Mr. Matt would ask me to bring stuff in for Mr. Sweat so that he would have food or or something. I would bring um, cookies, brownies, you know, stuff like that. Mr. Matt would ask me to bring stuff in for Mr. Sweat. <laughs> Joyce? <laughs> and she doesn't. We see her baking cookies. And brownies. Like, please. It's all manipulation because Sweat and Matt are working together. They know eventually they're going to need this woman to help them get out of prison. It's a scam. They're just running a scam on her. Yeah, and you can't start, hey, can you bring in a couple hacksaws? You start with the brownies and the cookies to see, like, first of all, is she willing to bend the rules? Let's see if she'll do the cookies first. Totally. And she does. And now they do, like, another big report about her relationship with the two of them and it turns out in this report that she's sleeping with Richard Matt the second guy the mob guy how badly do they need seamstresses at this jail let her go get rid of her fire her it's ridiculous in the months leading up to the escape Joyce undergoes a metamorphosis something even noticeable to her colleagues and everyone around her she becomes more concerned with her appearance It started out as a flirtation thing, but that's all it ever was. I mean, there's no other way to describe her. She's a frumpy middle-aged woman, right? Which is, the same words can be applied to me. But I'm just saying that like, we see like this reenactment actress like putting on lipstick and like Mm -hmm. going through her closet. All of a sudden she's like trying to look nice for the prison. For the murderer. (laughs) And so now, remember it was the brownies and the cookies. Let's see what she'll do for us. The next thing is Richard Matt has Joyce communicate with his daughter, Jamie, who he hasn't seen since she was a toddler. And Jamie's here and she is a badass woman. I love her. Yeah. And so she's awesome. And she tells us he did not mention Joyce specifically. He actually told me that he was going to have somebody contact me on his behalf. So that was when he introduced Joyce and just said, I'm going to have a friend that's going to reach out to you every now and then. So just be on the lookout for that. He didn't tell me her name. He didn't even let me know that she was a female, let alone give any inkling that there was a romantic relationship or there was anything more going on. She gets like a text from some number she doesn't know and it's Joy saying, I work with your dad. Excuse me. (laughs) Joyce, like this woman is not well. I work with your dad. You're all he talks about. I'm going to be checking in once in a while. Don't worry about it. Yeah. The big news here (laughs) is that Richard Matt, remember, he's the new main squeeze because the other guy got fired from the sweatshop. So now Richard Matt, like, you know, they tried it with the cookies and the brownies and it worked, which by the way, is against the rules. It's also against the rules for her to be reaching out to his daughter so they know that she is willing to break the rules for them. And it's the day of the show, y'all. It's time for the big ask. And he asks her to bring him in a hacksaw. She knew that those are 
what's called a class A tool, a saw blade. There is no other purpose for that except to evade security and to probably escape from the facility. Joyce, what do you think they want that for, girl? Wake I, I know. Up. It's either escape or murder, and I don't know which is worse. I know. And also, I know they're trying to work their way up to see what she'll do. It yeah. still feels like going to 100. From, can you tell my daughter I love her? To, like, can you bring in a couple hacksaw blades, girl? Like, what? And the thing is, when you make the decision to do that, you are complicit in Every single thing that happens going forward. Again, I ask, what did you think they wanted them for? And I'll do you one better. She doesn't just say yes. She says yes. How about eight of them? She decides she's going to sneak these hacksaw pieces in hamburger meat, like meat that you use to make hamburgers. She calls it the hamburg. Hamburg. I don't know why it really it struck me that she calls it Hamburg. My mom used to call it Hamburg as well. Without the ER on the end, just Hamburg? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Weird story, I know. And this is where it gets so fucking confusing. We see this reenactment actress like literally sticking hacksaw blades into this loose meat, right? She gives them eight of them. Right. So Lyle, the husband, a word. Yeah. <laughs> if I somehow acquired eight Hacksaw blades. You guys, these are big. These are like the saws that go back and forth. They're not small, easily hideable things. If I somehow acquired, I don't even know where to get a hacksaw blade, let alone eight of them. If I somehow managed to pull it off and then suddenly I was cooking or putting them in raw meat, I think Mike would have a question or two. I got to tell you, I don't think Lyle asks a whole lot of questions, especially of Joyce. No, he's a little out to lunch, Lyle. He's got to tune in a little. So that's a lunch. But she doesn't need Lyle. Screw Lyle because this guy, Eugene Palmer, is going to help her do it. But we don't get details on this. So somehow using this guy, Eugene Palmer, who's another guard, he's worked at the prison for 27 years. The thing about Eugene that we learn is he just wants to be friends with everybody. Eugene Palmer is a veteran corrections officer and by all accounts, a good guy. But Gene liked to feel like he was one of the boys. He liked camaraderie. Richard Matt sensed that immediately. This guy, Matt, who asked her to bring in the blades, he's working Joyce in the sweatshop. He's working this Eugene guy at the front desk. He knows, he can say like, hey, I got a hankering for some Hamburg and my piece on the side that I work with at the sweatshop is going to bring it into you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go through all that security stuff. Could you just maybe take it from her and like walk it around the scanners and just give it to me? And this guy does it. And the thing is, Joyce and Eugene are like two two peas in a pod here. Because at first Eugene's like, I didn't know there were hacksaws in the meat. I just brought in raw meat, which is still against the rules, by the way, as is the brownies. I mean, Eugene... You did this at the behest of a murderer. Right. You did it at the behest of one of the prisoners. That should be the first sign that you should check it for a fucking hacksaw. Eugene. But then, so at first he's like, I didn't know there were weapons in the meat. And then, like, the same thing with Joyce. Once we get the official report, he's like, oh, I totally did it. I wanted them to think I was cool. Is that, was that not clear? <laughs> that I'm like, I'm like missing something inside of me that I need these murderers to like me. I could give a fuck if a murderer likes me. I mean, that's why you should work there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they should be paying people like you $100 million a year to run the sweatshop at the prison. Because you don't care if they like you. All I heard is that I don't have anything in common with Joyce. And for that, I'm grateful. <laughs> 
So you guys, all of a sudden, they've got hacksaws inside the prison. Just think about that. These two murderers, they have an arsenal of hacksaws. Right. They have more than they could possibly need. Eight? Exactly. <laughs> There's only two of them. Why do you need, I guess one, like, if one gets, I don't know, not sharp anymore. I don't know. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> they are digging their way out. They're like, here we go. Overnight, they're just digging, digging, digging. And with those blades, little by little, Sweat and Matt each start carving a hole through the wall of their 48 square foot cells. But they will need more to make the escape a reality. And they know they can get whatever they need from Joyce. But can we talk for one second about like, it seems to me like the other part of this problem is that the walls of the cells are too thin. It, like it shouldn't matter if you have a hacksaw or not. You should not be able to hacksaw your way out of a prison cell. Yeah, it seems to me that there's no supervision in this prison. No. It's very hard for me to, I am like so about prison reform. Like we got to do some yeah. shit here. But let me tell you, yeah. can you keep an eye on the guys that we know are murderers? I know. And could you reinforce the wall with just one more layer of whatever the fuck it is? It shouldn't be about, we got to make sure they don't get a hacksaw because they can just tunnel out of here no problem. That should not be an option no matter what. Does that not make any noise? Like, is the wall so soft that you don't hear the metal grinding against the cement? Wouldn't that make a noise? I know. I don't know. I, again, again, this is why you should be running that prison. Warden Jillian. I'd be like, what is that noise? America would never be as safe as we would be if we put you in charge of the goddamn prison situation. But, you know, sorry, just to beat this dead horse into the ground, sure. maybe just once a week we do a sweep of the cells and make sure no one's hacksawing their way out. Right, because it can't be a one overnight gig. So they're hiding the hacksaws and they're caught somewhere, yes? How about you just knock knock on the door and go in and just look behind the bed and shit and make sure they're not hacksawing their way out of their quarter inch thick walls. We could literally stop here and just talk about this for the next 40 minutes. Truly. <laughs> so, and then, and, but whoa, 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 wait a second. Yeah. Because now they're hacksawing away night after night. We don't know how long it takes <laughs> in the middle of this because you think they have everything they need, right? They have right. the hacksaws. They're good to go. No. In the middle of digging themselves out, they ask Joyce, these two murderers, ask Joyce for some nude photos and listener, <laughs> she does it. Why else I, do you think we're here? Of course she does it. She complies with this, which just defies logic because this sets her up for such vulnerability. One of the ways that Joyce was controlled was that they made her do things that would get her both in trouble at her work and with her husband. She hands over blackmail, or as they pronounce it in the vow, collateral, if you're a lady paid. I know. I know. So it's like, Joyce, what are you thinking? You're, she's not. She's not. I mean, it's so they have her trapped. Yeah. So now if she thought six weeks ago she couldn't get out and tell her husband the truth about the flirting, she really can't get out now. She's real trapped. So now we get this whole thing where, according to Joyce, who, again, completely unreliable narrator, she's saying to us that, like, once she did the nude photos and got them the hacksaws, she started to, like, second guess her choices. Like, wait a second. The eight hacksaws and the nude photos. Now she's thinking, you know what? I feel... I Mm. No, Joyce, not again. Ugh. What are you thinking, Joyce? Like, se no, seven hacksaws and one nude photo, not eight hacksaws and a whole gigabyte of photos. Damn it, Joyce. Stupid. Idiots. But she says that, like, now she's starting to, like, lose her affection for them. So one day that Matt guy comes up to her, like, in the workroom and, according to Joyce, tells her that he loves her. He looked at me one day and said, 
you know, Joyce, I do love you. And I said, I love my husband. I said, and I walked away. And then that's the moment that this Matt guy, according to Joyce, decides that he is so in love with Joyce that now he's got to kill the husband, who, by the way, also works at the prison. Which is brand new information for me. I was like, wait, what? And here's the thing. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Why doesn't Lyle know about all the investigations? I thought everyone in the prison knew that she was sleeping with Matt and sleeping with Sweat and they boyfriend, girlfriend and all these jokes. Lyle, again, you're out to lunch. Come back in, sweetheart. We got to sit down. (laughs) Sit down. We got to have a talk. Again, I feel like Lyle does not ask many questions. The other thing is, I guess we're just meant to believe that in Dannemora, New York, Joyce is the catch of the century. You know what I mean? Look, I I don't... (laughs) Something is up with Joyce. I I put a spell on you. Now you're mine. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... She's... There's some sorcery there. I don't know what... I don't know what she put in that hamburg meat, but she really... It's potent. So according to Joyce, they're devising this whole plan that when Sweat and Matt get out, he wants her to find a cliff that she's going to push him off. I rewound that 10 times. I was like, did I hear that right? Is that a euphemism I'm just not familiar with? And so the thing, like, she never kills Lyle, like, because Lyle's here. So Lyle, Lyle lives to tell. The indignation with which Joyce says this, she goes, I give him hacksaw blades and I give him chisel and punch. That's all that I give them. Look, I just gave them the hacksaw blades and the chisels and the punch, whatever the fuck that is. I have whatever that is in my notes. I know. But we see this spread of like literal weapons and like dig yourself out of jail equipment. And she is indignant at the idea that she gave them more than that. That's all she gave them, you guys. And first of all, the eight hacksaw blades and the chisels and whatever a punch is, that is a lot, Joyce. (laughs) Then she gives them a tape measure, glasses, lights, heavy duty work gloves, and an atlas. Joyce, this is a how to break out of prison kit. Shut up. We learned that only from that deposition. That we, I love that like every time she says that she only did this much, the producer walks up with the deposition. And with it's all zoom. Totally. Oh, really, Joyce? Did you want to talk to us about the glasses with the lights and the tape measure and the work gloves and the atlas? Joyce! Joyce like does not know how this works. Joyce, no. we can read. Like... I- they're just going to tell us that you're lying. Like, you're just a liar. And then, like, this is the, the audio of this David Sweat guy that we hear because he's talking yeah. to the investigators after he was caught. And they're like, so uh, tell us about this the whole idea that the three of you were going to run off into the sunset after you escaped oh and knock off the husband. She thought you guys were going to run off and into the sunset, all, the three of you guys? Or? She's nuts. She's a fucking nut. We were never going to do any of that. <laughs> I know. The fucking murderer is calling her crazy, and I believe him. Uh, here's what I resent. I resent <laughs> the fact that Joyce makes me think the following statement about a murderer. He has a point. Like, he, why is the murderer the person I believe the most? I know. He is the one that sounds the most sane of all of them. Because he has nothing to lose. He was going to be in prison for life anyway. Okay, so he got caught. There's no reason for him to lie right now. I know. I know. I know. So... We get to the night of the escape. And now, remember, Joyce at this point has had, like, serious misgivings. Dr. Casey is like, yeah, it was it was too late for Joyce. Because it wasn't like <laughs> Joyce was like, oh, here's this kit and just right. go forth and escape. The plan was that Joyce was going to be the getaway driver, too. <laughs> This is another thing you definitely wouldn't do. I don't know how they are not banging your door down getting you to run the sweatshop at this prison. (laughs) I'm not like Joyce and I don't drive. Let's get her in here. 
<laughs> Name your salary, girl. Name your price. We need you. So the whole thing is there's like a manhole right across the street from the prison. And the guys who've been like hacksawing themselves out at night for weeks are going to climb out whoever they're going to climb out. And she's supposed to meet them at midnight with like a sack of cash <laughs> and her car. And Dr. Casey is like... She is a major liability. And considering that they've murdered before and are looking at life and even the death penalty if they're caught, there is no incentive to leave their victim alive. Girl, what is wrong with you? They're gonna murder you on site, stuff you back down the manhole and make off with your car. Yes, and Joyce somehow, I guess, starts to realize, wait a second, because now that they have all the new photos, because right. this is when Lyle comes into the picture and starts telling us what happened that night yeah. from his perspective. We stopped for supper that night on the way home for Chinese food, and she ate like she normally does. I didn't see anything different. He's like, everything is fine until she started having that panic attack in the middle of the Chinese restaurant. From Joyce's perspective, like, this is the night that the murderers are probably going to kill her, stuff her down the manhole, and take her car. And it's all just becoming clear to Joyce. Right. So Joyce is at home, again, this reenactment actress, earning her paycheck, just pacing the hallways of this house. Right. And, like, hand to forehead, full-on panic attack. Joyce acknowledges that she's having a panic attack and gets taken to the hospital, full with the knowledge that these two murderers are going to break out of prison tonight. Doesn't tell anybody. Anybody. And also, now, if that were me, I'd be mad that my getaway driver isn't there don't make the murderers mad they will kill you that's what they do they are murderers but then from joyce's own telling she's like well the plan was they were gonna wait until after the 11 o'clock bed check you guys we find out there is not another bed check in this prison until seven in the morning that is crazy that's crazy that's crazy yeah like are they understaffed i don't understand what? Especially when we learned in the beginning, the worst of the worst comes here. I know. I and then know. Just, you know what? Let's let them sleep in. They're going to bed at 11 o'clock. I, know. I, I thought the prison schedule was that they're up at four. Yeah, these guys get more sleep than I do. Like, seriously. There's no bed check, you guys. Like, Ridiculous. The walls are paper thin. You can you can sneak in a, a hacksaw in a pound of beef. They do bed checks every 11 hours. <laughs> what is wrong with this prison, girl? Look, I, I'm, I wasn't there, okay? I know. This is out of my hands. You guys, honey is back. All right, you guys, imagine you make a list of gifts you want to buy for the holidays, and then someone randomly gives you the money to help you buy one. Sounds good, right? That's what honey is doing, you guys. They're helping pay for $1 million worth of gifts. I can see you right now, okay? I'm sure you're sitting there saying, wait a second. Is this that same Honey app that automatically searches for promo codes online? I'm glad you asked because, yes, it is. You guys, with Honey, you can also make a list of the holiday gifts you want from certain stores, and Honey will email you when the price drops on anything on your list. Here's the deal. You just add Honey to your computer, create a free account, and throw some holiday gifts on your drop list for a chance to win. Honey will randomly select winners and give them the money to help buy something on their list. You guys, I just... This morning, I asked Steve for mm-hmm. a toaster, and then I went through like the internet and I put like four different toasters on my honey list. I really want a toaster, girl. <laughs> I also want cute socks. Yeah, We're adults now, right? We want socks yeah. and toasters. That's what it is. You guys, no purchase necessary. You do need a PayPal account to redeem your prize. Only valid in the U.S., you guys. And the giveaway ends on December 21st, 2020. I know somebody with a birthday on that day. She sounds lovely. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. It's my birthday, you guys. <laughs> but enough about me. So get honey for free. Free at joinhoney.com slash TCO. That's joinhoney.com slash TCO. And if you see a cool toaster, DM me 
you guys. I want lots of options. <laughs> or like cute dog socks. Yeah. I'll take them. <laughs> yes. So Joyce is at the hospital having her panic attack. She's not going to meet them. And then we get from Sweat, we get his telling of the actual escape. And he says, like, just like the escape from Alcatraz or whatever, like, they stuff their clothes with, like, other clothes to make it look like dummies, you know, lying in the bed. They're climbing themselves out through this maze of, like, pipes and tunnels. And the Sweat guy is this, like, skinny guy. And the other guy, Richard Matt, he's, like, fat and can't get himself through the pipe. I went through the pipe first. I knew I was probably going to have to pull Matt is struggling to get through. So I knew he wouldn't be able to pull himself through. So I threw the sheet down to him, and I just pulled him through. And that's my favorite part. Like, that's where it would all go wrong for me, too. This yeah. is why I cannot go to jail, because I would never be able to sneak out. I thought you were going to talk about the fact that they wrote, like, goodbye notes. And oh God, one I of know. them was like, you left me no choice. I, I had to break out. <laughs> one of them on the Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini poster went, time to go, kid. Why are you leaving goodbye? These people are murderers. I know. I know. And Joyce's best friends. I can't. I, the fat Patrick one can't drag his ass through the pipe. The skinny one's got to drop like a rope down and drag the other guy out. <laughs> this is going to come back. Don't try to sneak out of prison if you're not fit. I'm telling you. Remember Ted Bundy jumped out that second floor window and ran into the mountains of Colorado for three weeks? Like five times. He jumped out like three story windows a couple times. I know. Watch the windows. What is wrong with the justice I know. system? I know. Pay attention to your murderers. Ridi- ridiculous. So they, they get out. They shimmy out. Whatever. They make yeah. it to the manhole and Joyce is not there. <laughs> they are 130 yards from prison. They need her in the car to drive them away. She just didn't show up. Also, we see that manhole today. It is completely paved over. They're like, we're not, we're not risking this again. That's a me what, move. How many times did the guy who like installed the manhole in the first place go to the warden and be like, just so you know, this actually connects to a series of pipes and like people could get out this way. And they're like, nah. Uh-huh. My other thought here is that like they were really mad that Joyce wasn't there like she promised. There's a part of me that feels like they were also a little relieved that they don't have to deal with Joyce in the car now. Who they describe <laughs> as a fucking nut. So they are spotted immediately. Some guy yeah. is literally yelling at them to get off his lawn. I know, because they run into the woods. They're like, oh, what do we do? They run into the woods. I got to say, the the sweat guy, the younger one, he's kind of cool as a cucumber. The older me one is totally freaking out. Absolutely. So, yeah, and they kind of don't waste any time, which is, I hate to say it, but the smart thing to do, like, just keep running. She's not there. They're not going to wait for her. But Joyce is in the hospital because she had a panic attack, because she helped these two murderers escape. She sends her husband home knowing full well that David Sweat and Rich Richard Matt are on the loose and pissed the hell off. If she thinks that Lyle is going to be bumped off by the escaping prisoners, well then why send him home by himself while you're staying in the hospital where it's safe? Joyce is fucking garbage for a lot of reasons, but she's garbage for that too. Yeah, they had already talked about killing him. Like, she sent him home to his death. Absolutely. Lyle, girl, why are you defending her? Out to lunch, Lyle. I know. <laughs> and so, like, right off the bat, it is not going great in the woods with these two clowns. <laughs> no. Like, the skinny young one is, like, fine and he's, like, happy, but the older one is, like, can't walk. He starts talking about how happy he would be to just lie down and die in freedom. And the skinny one's like, girl, what are you talking about? Because we also realize that like it's all fun and games until you have to travel through the woods on the run with someone that's how you really get to know somebody because they realize like they had a lot in common when their main goal was to dupe Joyce and get out of prison and then once they're kind of like roommates on the run they realize they have nothing in common and they actually kind of hate each other (laughs) 
not friends. How do you think that would go for you and me? Like just like trying to like make it to Canada in the woods together. We'd do great. <laughs> great. <laughs> great. <laughs> we would do great. I think we might have a couple of like, girl, could you hurry up? That's me asking you. Could you keep it down? I'm coming. They're gonna hear that from the dogs are have heard it from miles away. We gotta just keep it moving. Girl, do you have the flask or do I have the flask? Where's the flask, girl? We would know where the flask is. Totally. That's rule number one. So the thing is, like, it's like all the sirens, zillions and zillions of tax dollars, by the way, which they remind us all the time. This morning, the hunt for two desperate men who have killed before and could do it again. More than 250 state and federal law enforcement officers scour the area. They could be literally anywhere. I mean, I remember when this happened. This was bananas when oh, this really? happened. really? I have no recollection of this. I followed this story every day. I'm like, those guys are still on the fucking loose? Yeah. I remember this like it was yesterday. And of course, they are like, oh, we should look at Joyce because she has all those reports about how right. she was probably <laughs> definitely <laughs> having sex with both of them. Like, I wonder if she's involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, they also say like Joyce Mitchell came to the fore fairly early on for us in the investigation. One of the steps we take immediately is to determine what employees, if any, did not come to work that day. Joyce, who like doesn't care about anything, is suddenly having a panic attack. Like she's never been stressed about anything in her life. <laughs> she's the number one catch in Danamora, girl. I gotta like this is the first worry she's ever had. Knocking down her door. So she's just lying and lying and lying. She doesn't come clean. A million then percent. remember Richard Matt's daughter, Jamie, who we loved? Yes. Joyce is in her phone as Joyce Clinton Correctional, like Joyce Prison. Yeah. Which is totally something I would do, just a little Same. hint to remember. When I was in my twenties, it was like Alex Hot guy gym bar james hot guy posh bar absolutely steve hot guy any bar yeah exactly a hundred percent so they of course ask jamie like has your dad contacted you or whatever and jamie's yeah. like i haven't heard from him but here's something you might want to know he asked him do, do you know is there anything that struck you and i said well you know i talked to this woman you know often and they're like well, who is it and i said i know her name is joyce all the alarms go off and they're like <laughs> But not, I love Jamie, but we shouldn't have needed Jamie no, to point no. us in the direction of Joyce. And no. I love Jamie. That's not Jamie's fault. Again, I feel like, so this is how the questioning with Joyce went the first time. They're like, so you've had like at least two reports about definitely having sex with both of these guys. Your relationship with both of them is completely inappropriate. Everybody knows about it except for your idiot husband who's out to lunch. You also didn't come to work the day after these two bozos escaped the prison. Do you have anything to do with this? And she said no. And they said, okay, well, thank you so much for your time. Right. Again, because we trust you. Because right. we had to make two 150, that's not a 150 page reports. Twice. You know what? She, I believe her. There's something I, about her. Maybe it's this Hamburg she just served me. Something about that choice. I just I trust her, you know? A believer. Hamburg? Why does my mom call it Hamburg? So finally, after. 10, 15, 25 interviews, she finally comes clean. And after yeah. the, she's been swearing up and down to her husband, her cops, her son. Nothing happened. And she's like, yeah, I was sleeping with them and I totally did all of this. I tried to tell them everything I could. And they told me, you help us, we'll help you. She had been aware of their escape plan, had a relationship with both inmates to varying degrees, and that uh, she had provided them some headlamps, saw blades, uh, uh, screwdrivers, drill bits, those sorts of things. We cut to Lyle, out to lunch Lyle, who's like... She was just flirting like anybody else does. Everybody flirts, I do it, everybody else does. And it got out of hand. 
everybody flirts, okay? I do it all the time. She does it. It went a little too far. She snuck in eight hacksaws and meat. Who hasn't? Honestly, who hasn't? But like, and then it's cutting to like the actual prison. Remember, there are two murderers on the run and the town of Danamore, they are losing their fucking minds. There's a, a person on the street interview with this like lady who says, it's very scary. This is my backyard. I had my doors locked first time in 30 years. Girl, you live in a town with a prison. I gotta say, we're, we don't victim blame. But there had to have been a couple people who were just like, oh, this is it. The prison break happened. Like, you have to sort of expect, you can't be 100% shocked. Right? (laughs) That seems crazy. You live in a town with a prison, you don't lock your doors? Yeah, I mean, come on. So they're on the run, and finally, like, they find them because they get really sloppy, and they're fighting. They hate each other, so they're just like, whatever. They've gotten lucky because they're in upstate New York as it is. They're heading north to Canada, and it's June, and, like, where they are in the woods is like filled with these hunting cabins that are only used during hunting season. Apparently June isn't that. So they're able to like find shelter and that's really helpful for them. That's how they were able to stay on the run for two fucking weeks. Right. Except they start leaving their belongings behind. Like all the shit they got from commissary, like their toiletries, like anything that has the best kind of DNA. They found articles of clothing. They found a small fabric bed with a toothbrush, shaving implements, and a few other sundry items that apparently had fallen loose in their haste to leave. That was a virtual gold mine for us. And so the cops are all like in this one area where these guys were here like within the last 24 hours. Right. So the cops are all there. They're sort of like getting closer and closer to them. The guy, Richard Matt, this guy is miserable. Like he does not, he was supposed to be in that car with Joyce on the way to Mexico. Instead, he's in the woods with the other guy on the way to Canada. Like this is not going how he thought. Yeah, he wouldn't have agreed to this escape thing if he had to run to Canada. Totally. The other one had to drag him through the pipe with a bed sheet. Like it wasn't going great for from the start. And eventually, David Sweat is just like, you know what? Let's go our separate ways. I feel like we'll get more ground if we just separate because they just can't deal with it. So David Sweat like makes a run for it and Richard yeah. Matt, they're, they're in opposite directions. And so they find David Sweat like two days. It's like a, two and a half weeks or whatever. They find him. Yeah. They end up shooting him. He gets airlifted to Albany Medical. Albany, we're back in Albany, the Val. <laughs> And so the thing is, like, here's how they find Richard Matt, because he's... Right. He's me. He's like bent over, hands on knees, like from walking, you guys. Right. Now, we're not talking like running through the woods. One of these state troopers came up to me and said that they heard some coughing in the wood line from where they're positioned. And at that point, I thought, that's the best intel we got right now, so we'll go ahead and, uh, and check it out. Some U.S. Marshal is like, shh, shh. I think I hear him. And then you just hear <laughs> heaving and out of breath. That the coughing, the hacking totally. up, just unable to breathe from running. That's what outs Richard Matt in the bushes in the woods. They're like, we got him. So they run up to him. He's out of breath. And there's yeah. sort of like a standoff, and he is gonna shoot these cops, and so they shoot him first and they yeah. kill Richard Matt in the woods. Finally, Joyce is held accountable and she's hauled into court and she's crying and saying she feels really sorry. And- and the judge is really nice to her, like, Your family stands by you and supports you, and this speaks positively of your relationship with them. On the other hand, you did terrible things. She's like, this manhunt cost $23 million of taxpayer money. You could have stopped this a million times, girl, and you didn't. So yeah. I'm going to give you like three and a half to seven years. She serves five of them. She got out in February of this year, but joke's on her because then she went right back into quarantine. Ha <laughs> 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 Oh my God, you guys, we did the 
Danamora prison break. Look, Joyce is still a catch in that town, I bet. People are still not banging her door down. Lyle is still out to lunch. I know. You guys, if you want more Jillian and me, come join us in the Patreon. Over 150 full bonus episodes to download a binge right now. We're like almost done with the vow. You guys, we're doing the uh -huh. case of Martha Moxley next. There was just the other day there was news in this case. Oh, really? Yes. My mom lived in Greenwich at the same time. My mom like knew these people. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy case. It's another one of those that's like, for some reason, we still talk about it like 50 years later. But yeah, oh. I don't know much about it. So I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to diving in. Yeah, I don't either. But I'm always willing to learn. I love learning. I know. <laughs> well, you know, we also did Tiger King and Don't Have With Cats and Fear City and Serial and The Staircase, Making a Murderer, The Jinx. I'll Be Gone in the Dark, Lorena. Wait, there's a whole bunch of shit on there. There's so much stuff there. Come get your laugh on. Come hang out with us. Um, girl, what are we doing next? It is Missing 411. You guys, if you don't know about this, know about this. This is all about people who go missing in state parks. Like, this is, like, scares the living hell out of me because it's like you're walking on a trail and your kid is, like, one foot behind you and you turn around and they are gone. So it's, like, extended spooky season is what you're saying? It's just, like, this mystery of what happens to these people? Yeah, these, like, kids that go missing in the state parks, it is bananas and it's really tragic and but it's also really interesting and it's really, really I can't wait to talk about it with you. Yeah, I'll go down a conspiracy theory rabbit hole with you. <laughs> Happily. I'll drive that car all the way down it. Full speed ahead. So you guys stay tuned for the trailer for Missing 411 and our ridiculous and hilarious outtakes, girl. Yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, who I knows? <laughs> <laughs> it's a big thing to promise, I have to say. Hilarious? Some pretty big Bye, words. We love you guys. <laughs> we love you. Bye. According to state police, there are 41 missing children. At least they have an idea of where he was last seen. Follows them for a point, but then turns around and goes back. There's no clothing, there's no blood, there's nothing there. There's any sense to this case whatsoever. It's something I called every name I could. And I listened. I wanted the media to be on my son, not on me. Why are they acting this way? Are they concealing something? Doesn't matter who thinks you're a murderer, we need to find your son. And here was this little toddler with absolutely no clothes on at all. Across my desk, that's an exact match for what we've talked about. We're talking about a worldwide collective of information. Everybody wants an answer. Hopefully someday we'll come up with one. There's just too many questions that don't have answers. a tweet last week where some person was like, I really tried to listen to that show, but oh my God, the male hosts cackle. I just can't. And I was like, I just responded. I was like, okay, bye. bye. But now I hear the cackle sometimes and I'm like, oh girl, you are kind of loud. You are, but... <laughs> Did we ever say you weren't? Like, does no! that? No, we didn't promise you no cackles. We are exactly what we are. If you if you're gonna love me, you gotta love all of me. All right. You know, love me, love my flaws, or whatever right. they say. Right. <laughs> whatever. I got plenty of them. You should read some of our reviews. <laughs> Whew, they do not like me. <laughs> what did you say? Wait, what was the episode? Was it? Oh, it was. It was on the page. We were talking about Sarah, and you're like, she's crying because people on the internet don't like her. Welcome to the club, Sarah. Sarah, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> One of us wasn't complicit in a cult. I'll let everyone be the judge and decide which one it was. It was Sarah. It was the one with the brand. Just ask her, she'll tell you. Anyway. <laughs> 
people sewing sure. and cross stitch. I mean, they're not cross stitching in prison, but you know what I mean? Like that, right. that sort of. <laughs> the quilting society of Deanna Moore. <laughs> Ab- yeah, can you imagine? Yeah. I also think it's funny that like, oh, wow, you really can just like lift up a manhole like in every cartoon, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or whatever. I didn't know it was that easy to just just lift up a manhole. <laughs> Movies are true, I guess. Who knew? We should really stop investigating Joyce. Clearly, she does nothing wrong ever. Let's promote uh, her. Let's put her in charge of everything. I've never married a murderer, so I can't speak right. to this. That's not yeah, my yeah, experience yeah. in this Joy- world. <laughs> Do you really love it that it's dark early? Um, my birthday is literally the longest night of the year as the winter solstice. Oh it's the God. it's the time it's the darkest the most, which is like how on brand. Yeah, that is that is pretty on brand. I always say if I had to pick my birthday, I'd pick the winter solstice. What does that sound? I'd be like Miss Hannigan, like I just I want this to shine like the top of the Chrysler building. Do I hear hacksawing in here? Just be Miss Hannigan.